Anyone claiming that America's economy is in decline is peddling fiction. I've abandoned free market principles to save the free market system. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Raising the debt ceiling does not increase our debt. It does not somehow promote profligacy. I know words. I have the best words. Nobody knows the system better than me, which is why I alone can fix it. Yo, yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back. This is the Peddling Fiction Podcast, and I am your host, the voice and soul of so-called fiction, Johnny Profita. Happy fucking Friday, everybody. As I did mention on the last episode, I am heading to Florida tomorrow. Oh, and I'm proud to announce that I have electricity back on. I now have power after about, I think I went about 30 hours or so without power. And I still don't really know why. They never gave me a good explanation I think it turned out that, or they, they fixed like half the building and it wasn't my half. And so then I had to wait basically till about seven or eight o'clock. Yeah, I think it's seven or eight o'clock on Wednesday when I got, when I finally got power back. I, I was able to use the the power on the other side of the building to release the episode once they got that up and running. So I think that's uh, how I got that episode done. So that that wasn't a very fun couple of days there trying to work from the lobby. And then every once in a while, this guy would come by and tell me to put my mask on so he can go fuck himself. But um, once I, uh, once I, they told me that the other side of the building had gotten power back, and they, they said they were still working on my side. I had no idea how long it was going to take. They claimed it was going to be done that day. And I'm looking in my, my refrigerator, my freezer, thinking it, about all the, all the food that I had and what I was going to do with it. Because I had, you know, like a whole thing of, of like frozen uh, chicken and some pot stickers and some edamame and stuff in my freezer. And the, the chicken was on the verge of like being totally defrosted. And, it was, you know, it was like 10 or 15 chicken breasts or something you know, that I bought from Costco. And I had the keys to a friend's place on the other side. So I packed everything up, went over there and loaded everything into his freezer. And I knew as soon as I did that, that they were going to fix the fucking power. But I also knew that if I didn't do it, that power was probably going to be out for like another day or so. So I just, I did that probably around like 5, 5.30 at night or something like that. And then I went for a little walk along the beach. I hung out at the pool for a little bit. I came back up at about 7 and lo and behold, the power was back on. So I still haven't moved everything back from my, my friend's freezer. But anyway, it all worked out and I am headed to Florida tomorrow afternoon and I will not be back until Wednesday. So there, I don't think there will be a, a, an episode at least until Wednesday night at the earliest. I can't remember what time my flight gets back. So 
um, they, we might just have to skip that episode and go straight to the Friday episode. We'll, we'll see how it goes. I was thinking about doing an Ask Me Anything episode, as I had mentioned, but I, I just don't have enough time. There are not enough hours in this day for me to get everything done. And as soon as I wrap up this podcast, I got to shoot down to the airport and get this stupid-ass fucking COVID test so that I could fly back to the United States. They still have that requirement on. So you have to get a test done within, like, I think 48 hours or maybe 72 hours of your flight. You have to get a negative test and be able to present that in order to take your flight. And you know, the fucked-up thing is you can't... They won't even let you... um, If you're not checking a bag, they won't let you... Now that all these airlines... You know, these airlines have, like, all these different... um, tiers you know so i got like the most basic tier where like you can't bring anything you can't do anything on the plane you know it's just like you can basically just go on there with like half a carry-on bag and you sit where they tell you to sit kind of thing which i'm fine with but they won't let me check into my flight if you're not checking a bag because you have to go in in person and check in and they have to make sure that your your bag isn't a full-size carry-on bag which i'm not bringing i'm only staying a few days i'll probably just bring a backpack with some clothes in it um so i can't check into my flight yet i gotta shoot down to the airport get this stupid test i could technically do it tomorrow morning but you have to get there like out like three hours before your flight i'm still debating whether or not to do that because i do have I do have access to the airport lounge, so you know I I could go in there, uh, get the test done, and as soon as I get the results, I could I could check in, go into the airport, and just start fucking slamming booze and eating little miniature burrito things until my flight. That is a possibility. However, last time I was at this airport for an earlier flight, I think it was like an eight or a nine a.m. flight. The lounge wasn't open. So I don't know what what time the lounge opens. So yeah, I'm just going to go get that shit out of the way. A friend of mine had a fake uh, COVID test and she's not answering her fucking phone. I wanted her to send it to me. I was just going to forge one, but probably not worth it just for the test. I don't know. If it was a a vaccine thing, I would forge that document. But, uh, you know, whatever. They can jam something up my nose, I guess. It's certainly not ideal, and it's kind of a pain in the ass to have to go to the airport and come back. It's not too far from me, but, you know, it's like 10 or 15, about 15 minutes each way. I, I don't know exactly where to go either, but anyway... That's what's going on with me. And then as soon as I get back, we are doing the happy hour. And I promise to go as long as people are interested. So we'll see how how many uh, people show up to that and how long they want to shoot the breeze with me tonight. Oh, and, and speaking of Florida, you know, it's funny because like every time I see a story coming out of Florida, it, it seems to be something, a, a step in the right direction generally speaking sometimes it's like really good news like they're getting rid of all the the covid restrictions and the mask mandates and everything like that and then every time i see a story coming out of my home state of illinois more specifically chicago it's always just a fucking abomination and it explained like the juxtaposition of those two states explains perfectly why everybody is leaving Chicago and Illinois and going to places like Florida, because there's a new law out of Florida that is requiring the um, that Florida students be taught, quote unquote, the evils of communism. Now, I thought this was kind of interesting that the uh, they're, they're passing a bunch of bills. I think it was three bills under uh, Governor DeSantis. He signed them on Tuesday. 
Two of the bills, HB5 and SB1108, focus on civics education. And the third, HB233, requires freedom of expression at state colleges and universities. Specifically, HB5 requires the Florida Department of Education to develop an integrated K-12 civic education curriculum that includes teaching students about citizens' shared rights under the Constitution and Bill of Rights. The measure also adds a requirement for public high schools to include, this is in quotes, a comparative discussion of political ideologies such as communism and totalitarianism that conflict with the principles of freedom and democracy essential to the founding principles of the United States. In short, high schools must provide instructions on the evils of communism and totalitarian ideology, DeSantis said, noting that there are Florida residents who have escaped totalitarian regimes and communist dictatorships such as from Cuban uh, Cuba and Vietnam to live in America. We want students we want all students to understand the difference. Why would somebody flee across shark-infested waters? Why would people leave these countries and risk their lives to be able to come here? It's important that students understand that. I I would obviously I would prefer that there was no state education. Uh, to begin with, and we should privatize education uh, across the board. I think that would be the perfect solution to our education woes. But it is kind of refreshing to have some some sort of thing passed where it, it doesn't have something to do with this, like a retarded ideology, like critical race theory or something like that. And it's like, listen, we're going to teach you about fucking communism. And, and hopefully they can do it kind of right. I mean, we do have to realize that this is going to be a, a, the Florida Department of Education, right? So you're going to have to take that with a grain of salt. But at least they're, at least they're making an attempt to, to teach something uh, to these students about communism because it really doesn't come up. And it's just so fucking unbelievable that this day and age, something... You know, the the hammer and sickle doesn't generate nearly the outrage that the a swastika does. I mean, that's absolutely ridiculous. The horrors of communism, the the death totals of communism compared to fascism or whatever, you know, the National Socialist, um, they pale in comparison. The National Socialist pale. Hitler got, okay, he got like six, six plus million um, Jews and gypsies and, and whatever compared to, to like fucking, what, I mean, the um, the estimates, the range of estimates of, of deaths from communism is more than six million. Like they'll be like, oh, you know, Mao Zedong killed between like 40 and 60 million people or something like that right like i don't have the exact figures in front of me but like they'll be they'll be like a 10 15 20 million uh person range in the death count under these fucking communist dictators and it's like twice what the fucking nazis actually accomplished i mean granted they did it in a much more systematic fucked up way in a really short period of time but my God, to, to for people to identify as communists and, and have no sense of anything that actually happened in, in throughout uh, history with, with communism is just the the perfect example of the fail of some of the failures in public education. So I, I thought this was kind of interesting. I mean, the, the idea that this quote from the 
from it sounds like this is a quote from the legislation we're gonna uh, discuss political ideologies such as communism and totalitarianism that that conflict with the principles of freedom and democracy essential to the founding principles of the united states listen uh democracy is not essential and it's not a founding principle of the united states it doesn't appear in any of the founding documents the the founding fathers loathed democracy they fucking hated it that's why they tried to give us a republic because they feared democracy and they realized that all of these uh, previous democracies that they studied failed and they devolved into these fucking totalitarianist like regimes and then they just collapsed under themselves so it, it just really bothers me when people throw around this word democracy i know i've attacked democracy I think as thoroughly as just about anybody on this podcast, I mean, not not as thoroughly as maybe Hans Hermann Hoppe or something like that, but I've gone over all of the problems that I see with democracy in previous episodes. So if you guys have not checked those out, I highly suggest that you do so. And since you will have about a week until the uh, the next episode comes out, I'm giving you some time to go dig through the archives and, and check those um, those old democracy episodes out. I mean, it, it's kind of funny and ridiculous that you actually have to pass legislation to tell people to teach fucking history properly, and they they probably won't to begin with. But I guess we'll see we'll see what happens. But there are a lot of that's one of the things that I find interesting about Florida is that you do have a lot of people that that escaped from Cuba and, and that is still very raw and um, in the front of their minds what they what those people were going through over there so there are a lot of uh, you know Hispanic people down in Florida who do not subscribe to this uh, the typical you know Hispanic voter that comes over here votes Democratic and there's a lot of people in Florida that that have seen what the these that, that type of all ideology when you follow it to its inevitable conclusion what it leads to now the the third bill that he signed hb 233 looks like they're attempting to combat some of this you know the thought police that you get at the university level i i don't understand how they're actually going to how how this thing actually gets enforced or anything like this sort of seems like symbolic legislation to me if, if that's the right way to put it, it seeks to protect intellectual freedom and viewpoint diversity in post-secondary education. It requires state colleges and universities to carry out annual assessments on intellectual freedom and viewpoint diversity at these institutions. The bill defines that as the exposure of students to and the encouragement of students' exploration of a variety of ideological and political perspectives. The new law will also prohibit post-secondary education, uh, post-secondary schools from limiting students and staff members from accessing or observing ideas and opinions that they may find uncomfortable, unwelcome, disagreeable, or offensive. So uh, again, I, I like the sentiment of this. I, I just don't understand. Like, I think you know the uh, how far gone the university system is at this point. You could you could pass all the legislation you want. That that's not going to protect some student from being fucking ridiculed to death and um, you know given you know shitty grades or something from some communist pr uh, professor. 
for for speaking out against uh you know for doing some critical thinking for deviating from uh tom woods's three by five index card of allowable opinion i i don't see how this actually uh th- this legislation actually does anything like that but I, I like the uh, I like what they're trying to accomplish. I, I just don't like th- this is the problem with fucking government, man. You can't just put stuff on a piece of paper and expect it to work. They should really get out of the business of education. They have done just an uh, a horrible job uh, throughout the country of educating students uh, from our perspective. And I talked about this before as well. Their um, the 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 state's goal of educating quote unquote educating the students they've accomplished everything they wanted uh, they're they're churning out mindless fucking bobblehead lemmings by the thousands and they love that they they absolutely love that but nobody's actually getting an education nobody's being taught how to think how to critically think how to think in general how to uh, nobody's being taught proper history or anything like that i mean even the, the the maths and sciences and shit like that they're they're fucking failing so uh yeah uh, the common core math and all that stuff i mean they have done an unbelievable job of destroying the idea of of education and it's more just like uh, instruction and and how to obey and how to be fucking propagandized and f- and worship the state and everything like that. So anyway, just uh, if you want to compare that to an article I saw about Illinois, let's see here. the The headline reads: Green New Deal, Illinois style unions battle greens over how to screw taxpayers. And this is from uh, was it Mish Shedlock's blog. Mike Shed- oh Mike Shedlock Mish Talk I I I can't I never figure out this guy's name every time I see him he's got two different things but Illinois leaps to to the forefront of Green New Deal madness so let's let's see what's going on in my old uh, hometown state here the only reason Illinois taxpayers are not already majorly screwed over by Green New Deal madness is the unions and the Green Party have competing goals Wirepoint's author Ted Dabrowski. And John Klingner, 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 have an alarming report on a Green New Deal bill in Illinois that has stalled only because competing interests have different views on how to screw the taxpayers. Uh, take a look at the scary details of the 800-page-plus green energy behemoth. All right, let's take a quick look-see. Uh, I don't want to read all that shit. Can I get the bullet points here? Here we go. The Illinois Senate adjourned this week without calling for a vote on the state's controversial green energy delaying uh, proposal delaying a massive transformation of the state's enemy sector. Sector, the energy package includes a requirement for the state to go fully green by 2050. Sets shutdown dates for coal and natural gas plants, gives hundreds of millions in subsidies to Exelon nuclear plants, adds new funding for energy coal uh, energy construction and infrastructure projects. Proposed details and competing interest. Greens like the bill because it will phase out coal by 2035. The bill also mandates 40% renewables by 2030 and 100% by 2050. Labor groups want coal power to remain online through 2045 to protect jobs. The governor's compromise will allow that as long as carbon capture technology can meet the demand for lower emissions. Labor groups like the bill because it requires for much of the conversion to green to be paid for with prevailing wages, i.e. union wages, for new infrastructure projects. 
Illinois power supplier Exelon supports the deal because it calls higher subsidies to keep three Illinois nuclear plants afloat. The previous energy deal in 2016 bailed out two other Exelon nuke facilities. Green energy providers and manufacturers support the bill because uh, they get subsidies from a taxpayer totaling $215 million. The auto industry supports the bill because it includes up to $4,000 subsidy for electric vehicle purchases. And big government supporters back this bill because it provides for a future collection of new programs, commissions, task force, and spending. That's great, yeah. We need some more commissions, don't we? <laughs> uh, it says to note that uh, the, the mandate for 40% renewables by 2030 and 100% by 2050, right now renewables make up less than 10% of all production. <laughs> So uh, there's there's not really a clear path to, to make the transition from 10% to 40%, let alone to 100%. Exelon subsidy could hit a billion dollars. Yeah, so uh, this, this is what Illinois is working on, right? They're working on um, increasing your cost of energy, increasing the amount of uh, the wages that we have to pay these fucking union workers to, to do all this shit that we don't want them to do. And increasing your taxes, your corporate tax rate to pay for this, all this Green New Deal shit. Thanks to congressional handouts passed in reconciliation with zero Republican votes, Illinois will receive $13.2 billion in federal funding that it can spend over the next three fiscal years. Anyway, so I, I just, <laughs> I always find it interesting when I, when I see a, a stupid fucking thing that Illinois is doing and then something in Florida that at least has the, 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 the right idea. I don't know. Um, but I'll let you know how I, how I like Florida when I get down there. I haven't, haven't been there in about a, actually almost a year to the day, which is odd. I was there last June doing some fishing in the Keys. I don't know if I'll go back to that. We'll see if we, if we do some fishing or not. I, I don't really know what the plan is. I just, I had to, my, my visa was up in, in five days. I had to do something. And the flights were just crazy everywhere. And then I caught like a, a like a relatively cheap one to to Florida. It was like you know four hundred bucks or something compared to the eight hundred they want me they wanted for me to go back to Illinois. So so I hopped on it. I'm gonna go visit a buddy of mine and uh, just take a little vacation. I haven't. Uh, it, it kind of feels like every day is a vacation, even though I I do a lot of work out here. I I am sort of juggling three different three different jobs, but. It, you know, when it's when it's really nice out and you can go to the beach anytime that you want and you, you can kind of sort of make your own hours or at least you have fle like relatively flexible schedules. Every day feels a little bit like a vacation, but this will be nice to actually take a week off and and not have to do anything. Well, not quite a week. It's like four days, but whatever. Anyway, let's take a quick second and thank our sponsor for today's show. And that, of course is our friends over at Lorenzati, Italy. By now, they should need no introduction, but for some reason, not all of you guys are buying their coffee, and I don't understand what the hell's wrong with you guys. Who's not drinking coffee this day and age? And who doesn't want premium Italian coffee delivered right to their door? I mean, does it get any better than that? You just you wake up one morning, your coffee's right there, you don't have to go out, 
if you're in one of these uh, stupid lockdown states still, you don't have to mask up and stand in some socially distanced line to overpay for some Starbucks. And you don't have to support one of these stupid, woke, virtue-signaling, phony companies that are decking everything out in rainbow horseshit this month. Okay, You can support two liberty-minded entrepreneurs who just love coffee, love liberty, want to give you that taste of Italy that you can't get without uh, getting a vaccine and a vaccine passport and flying across the pond. And they're also fans of this show. They're good guys. So go to lorenzotti.coffee. Use my promo code FICTION so they know I sent you, and you will get 10% off your order. And if you want more than just coffee, they have professional coffee brewing supplies for all of your coffee needs. So that is Lorenzotti, L-O-R-E as in Edward, N as in Nancy, Z as in Zebra, O-T-T-I dot coffee, promo code fiction. All right, let's get on to the, the story that's got Twitter all up in arms, which I, I just thought was so fucking delicious and revealing. And that, of course, is our fearless commander-in-chief. Fearless because he has no idea what's going on, what day of the week it is, what time it is, but also because he has F-15s and nukes at his disposal. <laughs> and and um, if you don't know what I'm talking about, I, I don't know where you've been for the last couple of days, but Joe Biden came out, I think it was yesterday, Oh, no, it was Wednesday. It was Wednesday. And he's, you know, he's giving this rambling speech about gun control. And he did this thing, again, that um, a couple of, you know, idiotic uh, politicians have done in the past. Eric Swalwell, my fucking favorite, came to mind where he he basically threatened to, to use nukes on American citizens. And, that, and that's what old bumbling Joe came up with, too. So I tweeted out, I wasn't sure if Eric Swalwell is advising the president now or if this is just another instance of Joe Biden plagiarizing another politician for a, for a speech. But here is Joe Biden on gun control. And I might add, the Second Amendment from the day it was passed limited the type of people who could own a gun and what type of weapon you could own. You couldn't buy a cannon. Those who say the blood of the, the blood of patriots, you know, and all the stuff about how we're going to have to move against the government. Well, the tree of liberty is not water with the blood of patriots. What's happened is that there have never been, if you wanted to think you need to have weapons to take on the government, you need F-15s and maybe some nuclear weapons. The point is that there's always been the ability to limit, rationally limit the type of weapon that can be owned and who can own it. Okay, so a uh, couple things there. God damn, is it revealing when, when the government does this stuff, when you get some dumbass politician to admit that, hey, you know, uh, you gun owners out there who think you're going to take on the government. Well, we've got fighter planes, we've got jets, and we've got nuclear weapons. Okay, but what are you planning on doing with those? What are you, you going to go fucking nuke North Dakota? <laughs> I mean, the the idea of, of something like that happening is so fucking revealing and ridiculous at the same time. I mean, they they go with this narrative, right, that they're public servants, that they work for us, and, and we have all this control, when uh, a statement like that would indicate otherwise, wouldn't it? So all you can do, basically, to resist the government is vote. 
you can't use your weapons because we'll just bomb the fucking shit out of you, right? So you can go vote for our two approved candidates and, you know, you get to choose between Coke and Pepsi. But think of how ridiculous that is. Like, think of how this illusion of this the government being of the people, by the people, for the people, the, all these lies that they fucking tell us, this endless propaganda, uh, the pledging allegiance, all, all this shit that we do to, to enforce this narrative that they come up with this religion of the state how quickly does that go out the window when you're getting fucking carpet bombed by f-15s and they're dropping nukes in in the town over next to you i mean my god what what are they what could you possibly be thinking you have to gain by making a a statement like that i mean this whole thing would come crumbling down and unless you're prepared to kill uh, millions of people, I mean, if you're if you're using nuclear bombs indiscriminately, I mean, obviously you're going to get some innocent people who aren't the, just the boogaloo boys that when you when you fucking nuke people. And then of course they'll they'll use that that tired lines like oh well they were they were hiding amongst the, you know civilians in apartment buildings like we do with all, all these. Uh, terrorists in the war on terror right but the the other hilarious thing about this that everybody's been pointing out i mean the the babylon b ran something i mean everybody's been tweeting it out there's been a million memes where they they literally just got done and they haven't finished doing this yet but they were just talking about this a couple days ago about how this mob of people on january 6th was an insurrection a threat to our democracy, you know, this this ex, this threat that, that must be dealt with. And, like, almost none of those people had any weapons on them at all. I mean, some of them had, like, bats or something like that, maybe. I, I've seen, like, a couple reports here and there that somebody might have had a gun on them. But, I, I, mean, I mean, come on. That was, for all intents and purposes, an unarmed mob led by a guy in a goofy-ass fucking hat with horns on it and they're taking selfies and shit in nancy pelosi's office that oh man they almost toppled our government right there didn't they this was horrifying alexandria ocasio cortez is still having fucking post-traumatic stress disorder and they all feared for their lives they were diving under desks they were huddled together terrified of an unarmed mob of idiots that that just stormed the the fucking Capitol building, right? Uh, okay, but apparently you with your AR-15s, right? Your your so-called weapons of war, you're you're no match for the guy. What could you possibly do, right? Because we have nukes and everything like. Well, if we're marching on DC, what are you gonna do with your fucking nukes? You're gonna nuke yourself? I mean, uh, okay, <laughs> I mean, how many people? How many of these fucking politicians can you get up on Air Force One? before um you know before you drop the nuke and then where are you gonna go after that i mean this is all just so fucking stupid if you actually think about it but then you just you know you you gotta love how fucking how this narrative just breaks down because they can't keep up with the pace of things like they can't keep up with the internet and you know one second they're talking about how uh people without guns or anything storming the capitol building was like the biggest fucking disaster ever that almost brought down our government as we know it and could have destroyed our precious democracy Um, a minute later they're giving a speech on how gun owners are no match for the government because we have nukes and and fighter jets and then 10 minutes after that 
they'll be like, well, nobody needs a weapon of war. Nobody needs these AR-15s. These are designed for the military, and you just need, like, a shotgun or a rifle for hunting. It's just like, well, how do you guys fucking, this mental gymnastics you go through, well, which is it? Are they weapons of war or are they fucking useless in a war against the government? Can we storm the Capitol and bring down the government with like a couple hundred fucking idiots with 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 uh, bats and flags and and fire extinguishers? Or are we no match for you guys, even if we have these so-called weapons of war? I, I mean, it's all over the place. It, it's absolutely ridiculous. And then the. The thing, I mean, the, the idea that the the Second Amendment had all these strict restrictions on it, no, it didn't. It absolutely did not. Read the fucking amendment. It could not be more clear. And this just goes to show you how hopeless this whole fucking thing is. I mean, there are some parts of the you know the Constitution and the Bill of Rights that could, if you're an idiot. Or if you don't actually read the the Federalist Papers or any, and you don't know anything about history, okay, you, you know, some of it could be a little confusing or maybe ambiguous. You know, the general welfare clause, the necessary and proper clause. I mean, they can be explained, and especially if you're reading it with the proper mindset and the um, the original intent of the people drafting all of this stuff. But the the Second Amendment is like the most clear fucking amendment possible. The right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Shall not be infringed. How could you possibly interpret that any other way? I mean, you can do some more retarded mental gymnastics. Oh, well, they didn't mean like machine guns because they didn't have machine guns. Okay, but whatever they had back then, you know, muskets, whatever, cannons, those were the weapons of war back then. And that's what they were talking about. So, I mean, that, that's like saying, you know, um, freedom of the press doesn't doesn't go out to, like, internet blogs because they didn't have that back then. They didn't have computer. Uh, you have to fucking use a, 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 a quill, a fucking ink, and, and write everything by hand on some fucking parchment paper or whatever the fuck. I mean, this is just so ridiculous. People have cannons. I mean, I, I used to watch that fucking show, Pawn Stars. Uh, people were coming in all the time with cannons, just regular people. And they fired. And, like, that was the whole point. It's like, does the cannon work? Yes, it works. <laughs> like, they go and test it. They go and fucking shoot that thing. So people today still can own cannons. This is absolutely ridiculous. You absolutely could buy anything that you fucking wanted if you could afford to have it. I, I, as far as I know, it's been legal to own a cannon since forever. There were militias had them. They used them during the Revolutionary War. They're, they're legal under all of, like, the firearm acts and everything like that. But if, you know, if... if politicians and all these academics and everything can read into the second amendment that it doesn't that it it has all of these restrictions on it i mean then th- this whole thing is fucking hopeless that th- all these documents are absolutely worthless they're not worth the fucking paper they're written on because th- they could not be more clear shall not be infringed shall not be infringed yet we have all these infringements don't we so what are we doing here? What's the point of any of this? I mean, if they're just going to ignore it, they can come up with any stupid justification that they want. Hunting, whatever. You can't have that. That's a weapon of war. Yeah, no shit. 
It's supposed to be a weapon of war. And we can't even really have weapons of war. Not without, like, really strict special licensing uh, laws in, in most states. Like, you can't have automatic weapons. The whole point of the Second Amendment was to be able to take up arms against an oppressive, totalitarian government. For when, It was, like, specifically designed for when our government starts doing exactly what it's been doing for the last year. When they start, when they overreach, when they overstep their bounds and they start fucking treating us like peasants, locking us in our houses, telling us what we can and can't do, where we can and can't go, and you have to do this and you have to do that, that's exactly what the Second Amendment was for. And the obvious conclusion, I mean, I guess you could have two two things, right? If the people are, are not, cannot properly arm themselves to defend them, uh, themselves from a totalitarian government. One of two things has to happen. Either they need to be able to buy nukes and F-15s and tanks and everything like that, or we need to take the ability of the government to have all those things away. I, I, I mean, if if I can't own a tank, why can the why can the fucking government? I mean, this this whole idea of of creating these governments was that we were going to. Um, relinquish some of our rights to them in exchange for X, Y, and Z, right? Well, well, how can I give them something that I don't myself have? That something they, they can do something that I've never been allowed to do. How can I give them the power to do that? I can't. I, unless I have it to begin with, right? I mean, that, that that's, that's why taxation is so ridiculous. I, I, I can't just walk up to somebody and be like, hey, you got to give me 40% of your income or I'll throw you in a fucking cage. I, I never had the right to do that. Why does the government have the right to do it? If, if their rights come from what we relinquish to them, then they shouldn't be able to do any of this. And if they can have fighter planes, then we should be able to too. Or um, nobody should have them. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, just a very hilarious, revealing comment that shows you just how fucking demented these politicians are. And of course, you have, I mean, a million examples, not a million, but you have countless examples of people resisting our government with our their jets and their nukes and everything like that. Vietnam comes to mind. The two longest wars in American history come to mind. I, I mean, it's... These are not, it's not fun to be on the, the other side of that, but we, we certainly, they certainly put up a pretty goddamn good fight, didn't they? I mean, we've been, we haven't been able to accomplish anything in the Middle East for the last 20 years with all of these, all of these weapons of mass destruction that we have. And we had to fucking eventually tuck tail and run from Vietnam. And that was a bunch of fucking rice paddy farmers with guns, not even AR-15s. So anyway, the last thing I wanted to talk about today, and we can kind of get out of here on this, is of course the news that broke the other day that John McAfee was found dead in his cell of an apparent suicide. Now this is um, this has got again the internet going going crazy. Lots of uh, different theories going around circulating as to what actually happened. Did he kill himself? Did he get Epstein? And I mean, honestly, I don't know. Uh, there are certain elements of it that make me think, yeah, you know, maybe he did just fucking off himself when when you're staring down the barrel at I think 30 years in a, in a US prison but then there's elements of it where it's like I, I don't know man he's uh he's he's really gone out of his way to say that he's not going to kill himself ever I mean clearly some of that can change 
things like that can change. But this guy, this guy lived uh, quite an interesting life. And if you have, if you haven't watched that documentary, is it Gringo? That that's about his uh, his life. It, he's a he's a little out there for sure. But man, is he? Uh, he's definitely uh, an idol among a lot of libertarian circles. And he's been on a lot of uh, libertarian podcasts. Unfortunately, not mine. But so I, yeah, I never got to talk to him. But he's a very interesting guy. He lives a pretty crazy life, and it looks like a forensic team needs to perform toxicology tests on his body to determine the cause of death. That could take days or weeks. But he was 75 years old, I believe. He was found dead in a Spanish jail cell on Wednesday. He had been arrested on tax evasion charges for failing to file tax returns for four years. And if you remember, you know, he was like living on this yacht. I I think it was off the the coast of the Dominican Republic, like somewhere in the Caribbean, right? And he was always sort of on the run. And there was a couple stories that would come out saying like, you know, his place in, uh, you know, wherever the hell he was got raided, but he was already gone. And he'd he'd been running from the government for a long time. The, uh, the U.S. calculates that he owed more than $4.2 million in taxes, and they think he, they think he was stashing some cryptocurrency, uh, around $23 million they, they couldn't get their hands on. And so uh, what happened was, I, I don't know when, this, when the actual request got approved, but uh, a Spanish court approved his extradition back to the U.S. So he was facing... Uh, I think it was like six years for each count of, of tax evasion or something like that. He'd been in the Spanish prison since October of last year. So, but you know, the, the weird thing is that, you know, he's got all of these, he's been tweeting this whole time. So I guess they give you access to the internet. His, his tweets have been interest. Like I, I was reading some of them that they've been posting back and forth and, uh, you know, sometimes it, it, it seems like he's really down on himself. Other times he says he's like content. He's old. He, he realized, you know, prison's not as bad if you're if you're old and content with your life or something like that. But I mean, he, he has this one tweet where like it literally says getting subtle messages from U.S. officials saying, in effect, we're coming for you, McAfee. We're going to kill yourself, <laughs> which is a funny way of putting it. Um, I got a tattoo today just in case. If I suicide myself, I didn't. I was whacked. Check my right arm. Now, I mean, that was what? That was November of 2019. He had another one in October after he was arrested. And he said, I'm content in here. But this is this is about two weeks after he was arrested. I'm content in here. I have friends. The food is good. All is well. Know that if I hang myself a la Epstein, it will be no fault of mine. I mean, obviously things can change over like, what, an eight month period, something like that. You could decide to, uh, you know, take your own life, especially when you're facing extradition back to the U.S. to God knows what they're going to do to him. So as far as that goes, I I don't know. I mean, it it, it seems like a coin flip as to whether or not he might have killed himself. But then, you you know, you talk to his lawyer and and his wife and it's like he never gave them any indication that he was going to kill himself. He never said any goodbyes or anything like that. You know, you would think if you're about to off yourself, you might want to say something to your wife or, or to your lawyer or something. There would at least be signs of it, you know. And as as late as June 10th, he tweeted out that there's much sorrow in prison disguised as hostility. The sorrow is plainly visible, even in the most angry faces. I'm old and content with food and a bed, but for the young, prison is a whore. 
a reflection of the minds of those who conceive them. Uh, you know, and then, of course, I'm, I'm sure he got the news of this uh, extradition, so maybe that pushed him over the edge. I, I really don't know. It wouldn't surprise me if they offed him. He apparently has, like, I don't know, some obscene amount of documents that's supposed to trigger, that they're, they're supposed to all be sent. That was like 31 trilobytes or something. A trilobyte is just a ton of fucking data that, that's supposed to be sent out upon his death, you know. But um, I, I, as far as I know, nothing has really come out yet. Well, I guess we'll keep an eye out for that sort of stuff. But, you know, it, it really is. I, I wish that he was able to actually get his day in court because, I mean, he's a very high-profile person. And to be arrested on fucking tax for not filing taxes, like, I, I've talked about this way, way back when I first started the podcast on how the government is collecting income taxes illegally. And technically, you're not supposed to have to be able to, they can't force you to file uh, tax returns. It would be very interesting if he could make that case. You know, the case that Erwin Schiff made. But Erwin Schiff, I mean, he was kind of a, a, a well-known guy in, in smaller circles, but he was nowhere on the on the level of John McAfee. And if he could get that, that day in court where you can make the case that, hey, what, what happened to this whole voluntary compliance thing and the idea that you don't have to give the government incriminating uh, information, right? And then that's basically what a tax return is because until you file a tax return, they don't know if you've been evading, ta like if you've done anything wrong, if you haven't reported all of your income and everything like that. So they can't really come after you until they get the tax return. But they can't require you to give them information that could incriminate yourself. <laughs> so it, it's sort of like this catch-22, this weird thing where it's like, that's why they had to come up with the whole voluntary compliance thing. And if you want to hear like a, a really in-depth discussion of this, you can go back and listen to the previous episodes while I'm out this week. But basically, the reason why they had to say it's based on voluntary compliance is because they can't force you to give them documents that they can then turn around and use against you in a court of law. That would violate your rights. So um, they, they came up with this voluntary compliance thing. But then, of course, if you don't voluntarily comply, they'll throw you in fucking prison. So I, I would have really liked to, I mean, maybe something could have come out of that if, if he had gotten, been able to get his day in court. I don't know, man. It, it's, a, it's a shame. He was a very interesting guy. Uh, he, he certainly had a lot of uh, interesting opinions and just a wild lifestyle that that was fun to follow especially from like an anarchist perspective he was really out there it, it, it's just so ridiculous that we're we're throwing people in cages for for stuff like this for not for not paying taxes uh allegedly whether whether they offed him intentionally or he offed himself he basically he was killed by the state for not paying taxes and i i, I still don't understand why he was why he wasn't closer, like, why he wasn't near, like, a non-extradition treaty country. Um, I, I, I don't understand why he was hanging around. I mean, I know they, they nabbed him at an airport where he was trying to fly to Turkey. Yeah. Yeah, they got him at, um, which, which must have been, yeah, you know, it's like something out of a fucking movie. Like, right before you get on the plane, the fucking police storm the airport and nab you. I don't know. It, it, it it, it seemed weird to me. Like, he had plenty of time. Yeah, just sail your fucking yacht to a non-extradition treaty country and hang out there. But 
I don't know, man. It's just uh, it, it's very interesting. I I love the uh, I I love to to hear the the different takes on it and the conspiracy theories and. It'll be very interesting to see what's in that 31 trilobytes if it ever surfaces. I have no idea if this was um, a, a suicide or not. I, 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 at this point, I could kind of go either way. But it does seem a little weird that he just um, that he didn't give any indication that uh, that he was going to kill himself. I don't know. But then again, you know, maybe he does love to fucking troll people, and this would kind of be the ultimate troll. Tattooing on your arm, I would never kill myself. Tweeting out, I'm never going to kill myself. And then actually killing yourself, and then you could let the conspiracy theories just fucking run wild. I wouldn't put that past him, but that would be a pretty elaborate plan that he was coming up with, you know, three years, almost three years ago now. So, I mean, it would certainly make sense to me why the, the state would want him dead. He was an outspoken... A critic of the state of fiat currency i mean he was like a fucking you know he was a rebel and and they don't want i mean they don't want these guys to get their day in court they don't want them to expose the fucking the farce that is government i i mean yeah i wanted him to have his day in court where he can face these charges and make the make the argument hopefully that the government is illegally collecting the income tax but they're never going to let that see the light of day of course not so it wouldn't surprise me if they took him out because he was a you know anti-state, anti-government rebel. It makes sense. I mean, they they certainly there are certainly uh, plenty of people that owe taxes that they don't go after like this. I mean, this is just like fucking punitive. You know, it's like this guy's out on a fucking yacht. He's not bothering anybody. Okay, he, he owes four million dollars allegedly. It's like what the fuck is that? You know, what is that to the federal government? But obviously, they can't let this message be like, oh, you could just fucking make make a bunch of money, not pay your taxes, and go, you know, leave the country, go hide out on a yacht, and we're just going to give up on you. No, no, no. You, you see, it, it, as long as it's just a couple people doing it, they can fucking, they can sacrifice them and, uh, and, and use them as an example to scare us, you know. Don't, you don't want to fucking, you better pay your taxes, Unless you want to get thrown in a fucking Spanish prison and then extradited to the U.S. Um, and, and God knows what they're going to do to you. Or maybe they'll off you in prison like they did him. So you better pay your taxes. You know, voluntary compliance. They, they can't let his narrative get out. So they, because if, if we do this in mass, if everybody get, can get together, not even everybody, just, you know, think of just like 10% of the U.S. population says, no, nah, we're, we're not paying our fucking taxes anymore. Go fuck yourself. What are they going to do? What are we going to do? You know, they, they can't arrest like fucking 30 million people. So they need to make examples out of these people, out of these uh, martyrs or whatever you want to call them. They, they need to make examples out of them so that they can keep the rest of us in line. That's the goal. And that's why they have no problem using all kinds of resources and political capital and everything to track this guy down from, you know, from all the way from fucking Spain so that they can show you that no matter where you go in the world, the long arm of the law, the fucking federal government, this Leviathan of the U.S. that, that was supposed to be the world's smallest government in the world, at freedom, liberty, blah, 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 they will come after you. 
they will come after you and they will never stop coming until they you either make it right or they can get you in a fucking prison cell. That's the message here. And that's the message they want to send so that they can keep the other 320 million Americans in line. Otherwise, you know, they could have more uprisings on their hands and insurrections. But I don't know what they're worried about, obviously, because they just have nukes. Why don't they just nuke people that don't pay their taxes, right? But the the thing is, they have all of these hollow threats. They can't use any of that stuff. Sure, they have them. And they can come down on one person or a handful of people, but they cannot come down on a, an organized large group of resistance. They, they just can't do it. And that is their biggest fear. The biggest fear of a pussy politician is a fucking mob right outside their house storming the Capitol building. This is not, I'm not saying we should do that. This is not an endorsement of, of aggression or violence against state or anything like that. I'm just telling you that this is, you know, these are paper tigers. They are all bark and no bite. They're, they're very tough when it's the entire government against one poor fucking bastard. Obviously, they're going to, they're, you know, they're going to puff out their chest and walk around like they got that fucking big dick energy. But a, a group, a large group of Americans, organized, armed, and motivated, uh, the, 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 there's nothing they can do. There's, there's nothing they would actually be able to do, which is why they don't want you armed, which is why they're threatening us with nukes and F-15s, and they're, they're trying to show how powerful they can be, but they know deep down that they can't actually use any of that against us because the entire illusion, this thing that they've spent hundreds of years propagandizing and brainwashing people into believing. The whole thing comes crashing down the second they start bombing American citizens with no due process, no nothing. And the more they would do that, the more rebels that they would create. So they know that. And that's why they have to, um, that, that's why they're overplaying their hand. That, that, that's why they're, they're so, they make such a display of people like John McAfee. They, they need to make an example out of them to show you that you better not, you better not try it because we're the, you know, we're the government and we're, we're going to get you no matter what. Uh, anyway, he will be missed. Go check out his documentary if you haven't. And uh, I got to wrap there, guys, because I have to go to the airport. And get a fucking swab shoved up my nose to prove that I am not a risk of transmitting COVID. We'll see. It'd be funny if I have it. <laughs> I feel fine. And everybody that, you know, I've had people coming and going this this whole time that have, uh, every, every time they've been tested, they've passed. So um, they, they never got it from me. I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens. If I if I do test positive, I guess I will be here for Tuesday's episode. And if not, I will talk to you guys next week. Have a great weekend, everybody. Do me a favor, share this episode with a couple of people that you think might enjoy it. Give me a rating and review on iTunes. And last but not least, go subscribe to our YouTube channel. You know, I was talking to Justin. Apparently, we we have to get <laughs> I, like, we have almost no subscribers to this YouTube channel. It's absolutely fucking embarrassing, okay? And uh, we have to get over 300 subscribers for him to be able to hook it up to Odyssey or some shit. And then we can kind of, we won't have all of our YouTube content removed. Like, we'll still be able to 
circulate the, those clips. We're, we're getting stuff removed from YouTube left and right. Like almost every week I do an episode. And if I, if I mention anything COVID related, they'll fucking pull that thing for medical misinformation, right? So all, all of our YouTube clips have been getting banned and they've been putting us on, you know, probation and all this shit. So if you guys don't want that to happen anymore, go just go subscribe to the YouTube channel. I don't care if you watch anything or whatever. It will just take two seconds. Just go to YouTube, type in Piling Fiction Podcast, and hit the subscribe button. That's it. Get us up over 300 so we can link it to Odyssey, whatever the hell that means. And then we don't have to worry as much about these clips getting pulled. We'll have some more control over it. And if you guys can do all of that for me, I will be back on Wednesday, hopefully, but probably not till Friday. We'll, we'll see. I'll be back a week from today to do this all over again. And until then, you guys know the drill. Just keep on peddling that so-called fiction. Peace.